Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hey folks, you're listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 165 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on July the 9th and July the 5th, 2018. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am not joined this week by my good friend Peter Mandel. Uh, but folks, we are two lo- lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Okay, so uh, no Pete this week. Uh, it was the 4th of July weekend uh, here in the United States. So uh, a very happy 4th of July and a very happy Canada Day to those of you celebrated Canada Day on July the 1st. Um, because, you know, when you run a comic book shop like Pete, um, you know, when one week is a holiday, one day of the week is a holiday, your shipment gets moved back. So the days that we normally record were taken up by, uh, by that. So, do apologize for the lateness of this episode, and I apologize for the peatlessness of this episode. Uh, when Pete's not here, this is usually the time when I introduce a special guest co-host of the week, uh, but I don't have that this week. I am doing something different, a little experimental, so I hope you guys can bear with me. If you guys like it, cool. If you don't like it, then it'll never happen again. But one of the things that I really enjoy about this show is being able to kind of bring you guys on a virtual or audio Uh, trip to Walt Disney World. It's something that I always valued from Disney podcasts back when I lived up north, and it's something that a lot of you have told me is something you actually really like about the show. Uh, So I wanted to kind of do that literally, and I've had the idea for a while that I wanted to record live in the parks and do like a tour of Walt Disney World step-by-step, kind of like a extended Disney in-depth uh, you know, we do the Disney in depth every once in a while, wherein uh, Pete and I dive in depth on an attraction or land or something like that. Uh, well, this is going to be kind of like a super Disney in depth. It is going to be a live Disney in depth. It is going to be a guided tour of Main Street, USA. And so on July the 5th, the day after the 4th of July, because I'm that kind of masochist, uh, I went to Walt Disney World. I started at the TT uh, at the TTC, the Transportation Ticket Center, and I gave a complete guided walking tour from the TTC all the way through the end of Main Street USA all the way to the Magic Kingdom. So it's kind of like the live videos that I do where I kind of take you around and and look at stuff. Uh, The live videos that I do over on the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash two men and the mouse. It's number two men and the mouse. But this is going to be all audio. My hope is that it can help you guys because you'll be able to hear like the ambient noise in the background. Uh, It's not going to be awesome. Like I was recording it into my phone. So it's, you know, my phone is pretty like the sound is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But it's not like what you're hearing right now. So, you know, if you guys can bear with that and enjoy the background music and the ambient sounds of Walt Disney World, then this should be pretty fun. What I'm hoping you guys can do is like if if anyone ever does, does this with this, I'd be like super thrilled if you are going into the parks and you pop in uh, your headphones 
and listen to it as you walk down Main Street USA so that you can see the things that I'm pointing out and understand things a little bit better. That'd be awesome. If you ever do uh, do that, I would totally love to hear about it. Um, so, yeah, that. without any further ado, I think I need to uh, throw it off to past Kev uh, from July the 5th, walking right down the middle of Main Street USA. Uh, first, we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network. Uh, before that, by the way, just so you guys know, I have been to Toy Story Land, and it is good. Uh, but I am waiting to do like more of an official... Um, walkthrough of it pete and i are set to record this thursday morning so i am hoping that we will then talk about toy story land there because i want pete here when we talk about that i will tell you guys really briefly it is small it is smaller than um pandora but it is also a lot of fun it's very creative they really went all it's probably the most all-out land in terms of theming that i've ever seen disney do and I have ridden all three rides, which includes, you know, Midway Mania with the new entrance, um, Alien Swirling Saucers, and Slinky Dog. So I can't wait to go through all of that with Pete here next week. But first, we w- will be back with our guided walking tour of Main Street USA um, from July the 5th after these words from our sponsors. And then take it away past Kev. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier and makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. That sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it were his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. You give them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weiger autograph books. Of course. All Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weiger. Depends on his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse.
If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you gotta return them before you leave the park that day. This is gonna make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop cues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are gonna thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. My name is Dimitri Ravanis, and I'm the host of a brand new podcast called Chewing Clock. Now, you might remember me from my old show here on WDPN called The Extra Magic Hour. Well, now I've got a new podcast each and every weekday morning talking about my one true love, college football. That's right. Chew on that, wife. You don't have to be a hardcore fan of the sport to like the show. You don't even have to be a fan at all. Sure, sometimes we're talking about what's happening on the field, but other times I'll be arguing passionately that Nick Saban is a Gryffindor, not a Slytherin. So tune in each and every weekday morning. The show is never longer than 15 seconds, and you can always find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and at armchairallamericans.com. The name of the show is Chewing Clock with me, Dimitri Ravanis, and my co-host, Tyler McComas. Join us every weekday morning. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. This is Bill Farmer, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse.
right down the middle of Main Street, USA. It's the heart of America, the heartbeat of a holiday. The place was made with a magical plan, and just around the corner is a fantasy land. I'm walking right down the middle of Main Street, USA. I hear the music playing from the old time ragtime band. I feel the whole place swaying with the people from across the land. I walk it right down the middle of Main Street, USA. Stop! Tell your mother she's not to worry. There's no one's rushing, there's no big hurry. There's always someone there. All right, thank you very much, um, past or future Kev, uh, past Kev here. You got get that right. Um, so I am at the Transportation Ticket Center right now, about a mile away from the Magic Kingdom. I've just gotten through security. Uh, so when you, pull, when you pull in here to the TTC, you're more than a mile away from the gates of the Magic Kingdom. There are two parking lots that you park in. Uh, they are separated into heroes and villains. The villains lot that you park in uh, is either uh, Zerg, Jafar, Hook, Scar, Ursula, or Cruella DeVille. The heroes lots, on the other hand, are Woody, Aladdin, Peter Pan, Simba, Rapunzel, and Mulan. Uh, so I am just past security right now. I'm standing on top of the, um, right in the center of a whole bunch of the bricks that were sold uh, to be commemorative here. Uh, it's a big letter, uh, letter D in the Disney font that says Walt Disney World, uh, established 1971. So looking right ahead at, at me, I'm standing between two monorail tracks, uh, monorail going overhead right now, monorail green. And uh, I'm looking at the ticket booths, uh, which are right in front of me. So we're going to move forward, and we will get right into that. So uh, when you park here at the Transportation and Ticket Center, you can take a parking tram or you can walk. Uh, the parking trams are all new here, actually. Uh, they are uh, color-coded now. 
they a lot a lot like the monorails are. Uh, so moving through the ticket booths here, if you don't have a ticket to the Magic Kingdom, this is where you would come to pick one of those up. You can also get a number of Magic Bands uh, at the ticket booths. So coming through, you've got a restroom over on the right-hand side. Uh, there's also a gift shop over there. Over also, uh, as you come through on the right uh, upper diagonal, you can find a uh, bus stop. This is where a lot of tour buses uh, let out. It's also where you can pick up your Uber. Um, there used to be buses that ran there until 2013. So bus service to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom actually operated out of the Transportation Ticket Center until 2013 when they stopped and moved those buses over to the actual Magic Kingdom. There used to also be resort buses that went from the TTC over to the Magic Kingdom. So the bus stops are all still there. They're just, a lot of them aren't in use. Most of the bus stops are being used by Mears or a bunch of other touring companies that drop you off here. So once you're here at the Transportation Ticket Center, you have two options on which to uh, go over to the Magic Kingdom. They are the monorail, which is by far the more popular option, or the ferry boat. Uh, throughout this tour around the world, we are going to uh, use both the monorail and the ferry boat. We're going to take the ferry boat over, and then once we're done with all of the six themed lands of the Magic Kingdom, we'll be taking the monorail back. So um, as we, as you're facing it, you've got three monorail stations. You've got the resort monorails, which make stops at uh, the Polynesian Village Resort, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, the Magic Kingdom, and Disney's Contemporary Resort before coming back here to the TTC. Then you have the express monorail, which takes you directly from the TTC to the Magic Kingdom. And then, of course, over on the right-hand side, you have the uh, Epcot monorail line. So the Magic Kingdom is part. Uh, Magic Kingdom parking is not the only thing you can do here at the TTC. It is also technically an Epcot parking lot. All right, so as we hang a hard left here, we move toward the ferry boat dock. On our right-hand side, we pass a Joffrey's. Uh, Joffrey's is the preferred, uh, or my preferred, coffee location at Walt Disney World. They do have Starbucks as well, uh, but I really, really prefer Joffrey's. I think it's just a much better cup of coffee, better pastries. You can get big donuts there. They're not as big as the ones you can get at Universal, like the big pink donut uh, at the Simpsons locations, but they are pretty awesome. They have an Oreo one, which is... Uh, kind of my jam. They have cookies, they have a bunch of different seasonal beverages, uh, right now a bunch of frozen beverages because it is the summer. Uh, you'll see the ferry boat dock straight ahead of you. There's also, so as you walk through the archway of the ferry boat dock, you'll see the dock in front of you obviously, and then on the side, on the right hand side here, there's what looks to be like a, a tan bench. This is a really cool location because it is my favorite fireworks viewing location outside of the Magic Kingdom. If you want to see the Magic Kingdom fireworks, it is a wonderful, breathtaking view. They do pump the music in on the dock. Um, you have a straight shot view of Cinderella Castle that is much better than the views that you're able to get at the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian Village Resort. So definite uh, insider tip there. If you are going to be checking out the Magic Kingdom fireworks from somewhere that is not the Magic Kingdom, then check them out here. There is also a walking path uh, back by where the security let out, which will take you directly to the Polynesian Village Resort on foot. It's not, it's not a long walk at all. Ferryboat Dock is uh, pretty much right adjacent to the bungalows, the DVC bungalows that they have over at the Disney's, over at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. So we're walking onto the dock right now. Uh, one of the boats is going to be coming in. So we will uh, get on the boat and then we'll have some information about the boat and the Seven Seas Lagoon. 
All right, so right now I am seated on the second floor of uh, the Admiral Joe Fowler, which is one of the three ferry boats that operate in the Seven Seas Lagoon, transport people from the Transportation Ticket Center over to the Magic Kingdom Park. Um, so I know what you're asking, who is Admiral Joe Fowler? Well, Admiral Joe Fowler is one of three men who were instrumental in the creation of Walt Disney World who have uh, boats named after them that apply these waters. So that is the General Joe Potter, the Admiral Joe Fowler, and the Richard F. Irvine. So we'll start with Admiral Joe Fowler. Uh, he spent 32 years in the U.S. Navy and was hired by Walt Disney, who brought him out of retirement in 1954 to supervise the construction of Disneyland. Uh, Fowler was then the manager of Disneyland for 10 years until Roy O. Disney, Walt's brother, who uh, completed Walt Disney World, asked him to lead the Walt Disney World Building Effort Project. So he was instrumental in the creation of this park here and Disneyland as well. So uh, Admiral Joe Fowler is a name that all Disney fans should know because he's instrumental in the creation of both uh, US-based Disney parks. General Joe Potter is a 40-year Army veteran who was hired by Walt in 1965, uh, very shortly before Walt passed away, to direct the construction and infrastructure for Walt Disney World. He actually became the vice president of Walt Disney World when the park first opened before retiring in 1974. So it was a position he only held for three years. And then there was Richard F. Irvine, who is was Disney's art director in 1943. He is one of the original uh, members of WED Enterprises, which eventually grew to become Walt Disney Imagineering. He's also one of, he was the head of WED Enterprises and directed the design of Walt Disney World until he retired in 1973. So you can see these boats are named after a lot of very important people. And right now I'm sitting uh, the, with the boats, they're two-deckers. So the bottom, uh, not really a lot of seating. The seating on the bottom is, um, is reserved for folks that are um, you know have trouble walking and whatnot uh, upstairs is where I usually go it's where you get the best visuals it's where there's places to sit uh, the wind really hits you in the face up here it's really nice I'm looking out the port side of the boat right now so if you know anything about boats uh, it is the left hand side of the boat when you're when you're standing facing the front um, so I've got great views of the Polynesian Village Resort the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa we're actually about to cast off here uh, well, yep we're just starting moving so the seven seas lagoon uh that's one of my favorite things in walt disney world it is uh it's actually man-made not to be confused with bay lake which is a regular uh you know lake here in central florida so it's fed by bay lake and the two are connected by a series of canals but the seven seas lagoon actually took three years to excavate prior to the creation of the magic kingdom uh the maximum depth that you've got in this lake is 14 feet so it, it in, somewhere in the center it gets to be about 14 feet deep it's mostly used for transportation between the resorts of the magic kingdom park as well as recreational boating uh if you've never taken a boat out you can take them out from most of the resorts you can rent uh, especially the Polynesian I've rented a boat there before went out with my dad on that and that was really fun um, you can also do fireworks uh, shows here um, their fireworks cruises also there is the electrical water pageant which comes through every single night um, fishing was actually originally uh, was not was, is allowed here now but it was not allowed to the mid 1990s but what's interesting is that Disney has stocked these waters since 1973 a full 20 years before the first legal fishing pole was allowed to be cast into the Seven Seas Lagoon uh, swimming was originally allowed in the Seven Seas Lagoon when the parks for, when the park first opened the water they say uh, folks that were here say that the, the water was crystal clear and clean and you could see right through it they're actually originally this is a this is a fake thing a lot of people think it's an urban legend but it's actually true uh, you were originally supposed to be able to surf at the Polynesian Village Resort that was one of the things that they were offering as like one of the main attractions of it to do that they had installed a wave making machine 
uh, like some kind of Hanna-Barbera villain to create waves that would hit the shore of the Polynesian. Unfortunately, the machine was causing hardcore beach erosion, so they actually did away with that, but the machine, uh, the machinery is still underneath the water here. They never removed it before uh, filling the lake. The resort, now the interesting thing about the resorts around um, around the Seven Seas Lagoon is they kind of give you a preview of the Magic Kingdom. So the Polynesian Village Resort is kind of your preview of Adventureland, uh, whereas the Contemporary Resort is Tomorrowland, Wilder Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, plus the Wilderness Lodge, which are over on Bay Lake. Those are very much like Frontierland. And of course, the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, a lot like the Victorian artistry of Main Street USA, which is where we are headed for today's show. I'm very, very excited to be going there with you guys uh, to walk down Main Street USA. And um, I can see the castle right now. We're coming up on it. So it's a breathtaking view. And I've always said taking the boat over is one of the best, most fun parts of a trip to the Magic Kingdom, especially if you haven't been in a while. And you just get that breathtaking view of Cinderella Castle as you, uh, as you come in toward the dock. Um, it is the day after the 4th of July, so I'm expecting big crowds, but it's okay. I'm not going to be riding any rides. I'm just going to be touring you guys around, so this should be pretty fun. Uh, the boat is coming into dock right now, and then once we're out um, and right in front of the, um, the touch points, I will uh, get back into it and uh, continue on our tours. We make our way inside the park. As you come off the ferry boat dock, the first thing I want you to do is take a look down. You'll notice that the ground is like a shade of pink, almost like a red. That is because Disney wanted you to be the guest of honor walking the red carpet to the show that you're about to witness because as I will be detailing around Main Street USA and throughout the majority of this tour, the Magic Kingdom is a show. It is a story. It is a narrative flow. Uh, so that's very important to remember and a lot of the things that they do <clears throat> really kind of hammers that home. So as you leave the ferry boat dock that goes to the TTC, you'll see a number of other boats. Um, they go to the different resorts. You've got the one that goes to Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. Uh, there's also the boat that goes to the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa and Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. So as you come out, uh, you can go one of two ways. Uh, you can go right or left. Either way takes you there. We're going to go left because I like to walk in through the center of uh, the entrance over here. As you walk up, you're going to notice a bunch of bricks in the ground. Those are You can see them over the monorail. Uh, you can see them as you walk up to the what used to be the turnstiles or now the touch points. Uh, those were sold as part of a way to become like a part of the magic. Uh, they sold out officially in July of 2010. Um, <clears throat> and they're guaranteed to be here for at least 10 years uh, when you purchase them. So uh, those that time might be coming up pretty soon. I might see them, but I, I, I can't imagine Disney getting rid of them anytime soon. So the entrance over here, as you walk up, used to be turnstiles. You used to have to swipe your ticket, uh, and then the turnstile would activate and you can go through. Now they are actually touch points, and as you go through, uh, if you're an annual pass holder, the one all the way on the right-hand side is actually specifically for annual pass holders. So I'm going to scan my way in right now. Hello. I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much. <clears throat> All right, so we are in. Right now I'm looking straight ahead at the um, Magic Kingdom train station. It's a train over here right now. It's the, uh, I think it's the Roger E. Brogy, um, the Walt Disney World Railroad. Looking right ahead at this um, giant Mickey head that's right underneath the train station, which um, is one of the largest hidden Mickeys on property. Definitely not the largest, that's Hollywood Studios. 
but uh, the, the park itself is the largest hidden Mickey on property. Uh, as you look up at the railroad office, you see Walt Disney's name as the chief engineer. Uh, so this is done for a couple of reasons. One, Walt Disney loves him some trains or loved him some trains. Uh, the second part is that the names and the windows that you're going to see as we go through Main Street USA are the opening credits of the show that you're about to see. So as Walt Disney is the creator, as the director would be, then you will see his name first and foremost before everything starts up. <clears throat> so as you walk over, I, you can either go in the right or left. I like to go in on the right. I don't know why. I go in on the right, I come out on the left. There's also a wheelchair rental place over here on the right. Guest relations is over on the right as well. It's right before... Uh, before the touch point. So if you're having issues getting in, they usually send you over to that guest relations over there. On the left hand side, on the, both the right and left hand sides, there are also newsstands, uh, which are gift shops. They sell uh, sodas and whatnot and a couple little uh, souvenirs and candies that you can get. So as you walk up to the entrance to the Magic Kingdom, you see the circular uh, plaque that a lot of Etsy shops, a lot of Etsy shops really uh, recreate very well. It says, here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. As you walk in, you'll notice that the lights dim as you walk in and then get lighter again as you reach the end of the tunnel. That's done on purpose as all of the portals in the Magic Kingdom act as kind of like a kind of like scene transitions in a movie. All right, so we are here at Main Street USA now as we walk in. And it sounds like the Festival of Fantasy Parade is about to start, which means that my timing is just awesome for doing this. Uh, so I'm going to take a little break and let this parade go by, and then I'm going to get back into it. Okay, that parade is over. I live-streamed the parade in the uh, in the Facebook group, if any of you guys are watching. Um, if you saw the pages of notes on my on the table I was sitting at, that's what it, this is what it's for. Um, so I'm standing right in front of the, um, the train station right now, facing down the center of Main Street USA. So Main Street USA is about 850 feet long from all the way back here all the way down uh, to the end of it. Uh, the view of Cinderella Castle is done specifically uh, so that as you enter, you can't see it. But then as you walk more towards the center, there it is, rising majestically up out of nothing. Uh, it is one of the most spectacular views you could ever possibly imagine. So uh, Main Street USA is supposed to be a turn of the century uh, you know, main street somewhere in the United States. Uh, it is modeled after Walt's old hometown of Marsley, Missouri, where he lived from 1906 uh, to 1910. It's only four years, but it had a very profound effect on Walt Disney. Now, this Main Street USA and the one in Disneyland kind of differ. The one in Main Street, uh, the one in Disneyland is more Midwestern U.S., uh, whereas this one has a lot more of a uh, New England-type feel as far as the architecture goes. Walt described Main Street USA and Disneyland as, uh, you know, the crossroads of an era. And that's absolutely what it is. And it's right around that time, the 1800s turned into the 1900s, and the, you know, the gas light is giving way to the electric light, the horse car to the auto car. So not only do you get that wonderful castle view as you come into the center, but there's also uh, one other piece uh, that I think a lot of people miss, and that is a statue that's right by the flagpole. It's called Sharing the Magic, or I call it the Partners of the Partners. It is a sculpted uh, statue of Roy O. Disney, Walt's brother, and Minnie Mouse sitting together on a park bench. It was constructed by Imagineer Blaine Gibson, who actually came out of retirement in 1999 to put it up. 
there is the dedicate the dedication plaque to Walt Disney World is actually right next to it on both sides. It's surrounded by a garden. This is also uh, in Christmas time where the Christmas tree goes. And when that happens, they actually take the sharing the magic statue and move it over towards City Hall. Also right here is the flagpole uh, with the American flag flying high. Flag retreats occur every day around 5 p.m. and members of the armed forces can be uh, asked to participate in that as well. So coming back toward where the train station is, I want to take this kind of clockwise. Um, or, nope, never mind, I don't want to do that, I lied. Uh, I want to take this counter clock. Which way does a clock go? <laughs> we're taking it clockwise, but we're starting from 6 o'clock. Um, so going over by what would be the left entrance into the Magic Kingdom, you've got the, uh, the popcorn stand right here. My favorite place to get popcorn in all of Walt Disney World. I know that's something that uh, is not unique to me, but it is, in my opinion, one of the best places to get it. You can get ice cream, you can get popcorn, all right there, and it always smells absolutely wonderful. It's a big red cart, it's awesome. Right next to that is the uh, Main Street USA Chamber of Commerce. And that sits right here, uh, directly to the left of the entrance. This is where you go to pick up packages that you may have uh, sent to the front of the park, somewhere on your stay. If you're not having it sent home or sent to your resort, this is where you go to pick it up. And moving right ahead, we have a uh, little area in between the um, Chamber of Commerce and City Hall, which is mostly used for character meet and greets. I've seen Snow White here. I've seen Aurora here. This is actually where I met Mickey Mouse when I was two years old. Um, but it's also where you meet uh, Mr. and Mrs. Easter Bunny and Santa Claus uh, during their respective holidays. Coming up next, we've got the City Hall building. Beautiful, beautiful, blue, big, uh, tall, white building with a clock face on top. Uh, this is where you go for all of your guest relations needs. So uh, problems with ticketing, problems with fast passes, complaints, comments. You could come right here. Uh, cast members in nifty little plaid vests will help you out. You can also get your park maps here. A really nice mural inside. Uh, one thing you can do here also is if, you, if your phone is running low and you've got a wall charger but you don't have a portable charger or your portable charger is out of juice, you can valet your phone there. Uh, you can leave your phone with guest relations and they will take it, they'll plug it in behind the, uh, the desk, they'll give you a valet ticket for it and you just come back with it. Uh, so one thing I think is important to point out in this little walking tour, so right between the firehouse and city hall as you continue to walk down the street this way, there are restrooms there. Right there, that is the first restroom you'll find on the way into the Magic Kingdom and is the last one you'll have on the way out of the Magic Kingdom. So it's a lot of people's either first or last stop. Uh, the firehouse is next, the Main Street Firehouse, which is engine company number 71 for 1971, the year that uh, Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom opened. This used to be a gift shop that gave out a lot of uh, firefighter type merchandise, also had a lot of pet merchandise in there as well. However, now it is a Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom location. It's, there's, it's the secret Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom recruitment center where you can go to get your cards and get started playing the game. Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, of course, is an interactive game that you uh, play with cards. As you walk around, you can interact with different displays, uh, fighting Disney villains with spell cards. You can collect them. They're free. It's a nice little free thing that you can get while you're in the parks. I definitely highly recommend it. Uh, coming up right after that is the car barn, uh, where a lot of the Main Street vehicles uh, come out of. Uh, the car barn is kept closed. You used to be able to go in it, but you can't anymore. Next to that is the world-famous Harmony Barbershop, established 1886, according to the sign up there. The Harmony Barbershop is an old-style barbershop that allows you to... Uh, you know, step inside and get a haircut. A lot of kids have their first haircut there, and they actually sell special Mickey ears embroidered with your child's name and first haircut on them to kind of commemorate that uh, that event. 
All right, so I'm going to keep moving here. We're going to skip over the Emporium because we're going to get to that in great detail later. And we'll get to the confectionery as we start our way down. Um, we start our way down the street. One thing you should notice, though, as you walk past the Emporium here is that the window displays are lower uh, than most window displays are in other stores and whatnot. Uh, not just here at the Emporium, but pretty much all over Main Street USA. That was actually a Walt decision going back to Disneyland so that kids would be able to see things more easily. Keep everything lower to the ground, make it easier for kids to appreciate everything as well as their parents. So, passing the confectionery, passing a balloon vendor. Um, also notice the, uh, I love the seasonal flowers that they put out on the, uh, here on the lamp posts. They also have the horse hitching stations everywhere, which I always think is a really nice touch. A place where you can go to, you know, hitch up your horse if you were riding a horse. Uh, the Chapo Hat Shop is right over here. It is a place where you can get embroidered Mickey ears. Moving past that is Tony's Town Square Restaurant. Uh, Tony's is actually the restaurant from Lady and the Tramp which is commemorated outside. Uh, you can see Tony on the sign, obviously, but there's also, if you know where to look, there is a, um, in the pavement, there is a heart with paw prints carved into it, which was supposed to be Lady and the Tramp's uh, paw prints. I'm actually eating there tonight, so I'm excited. I've never eaten there before. So moving along, we've got the Main Street Theater. Now, Main Street Theater, it was not always called the Main Street Theater or, or the Town Square Theater. Originally, it was the Town Square Exposition Hall. We used to play a 23-minute movie called The Walt Disney Story. It was a free film. Uh, you needed no tickets, because back then, when Walt Disney World first opened, all the rides were done on a ticketing-based system. Uh, so you can go in and see the film, and then it became the Main Street Theater and started showing cartoons once they moved the Walt Disney uh, film out of there. This was also a preview center for what was then called Thunder Mesa, which ended up being Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, uh, which was looked after by our old friend, who we love to talk about on the show, unemployed Owl Hoot Gibson, who was a animatronic owl who was supposed to be the centerpiece of uh, Thunder Mesa. And then when Thunder Mesa never happened, the owl never happened. But this was also uh, home to the preview centers for both Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios, or which at the time Disney's MGM Studios, also presided over by Hoot Gibson. So... Uh, this was also uh, once a camera location. You are able to come in here and, you know, get film or camera repairs. There is a uh, shop right next to it as well called Curtain Call Collectibles. Uh, that actually, when the Walt Disney Experience, um, I'm sorry, the Walt Disney Story used to be a thing here, that shop was actually a Walt Disney gift shop, which I'm sure a lot of you guys would be clamoring for right about now. But, you know, times do change, and so do gift shops. It was one of the first themed gift shops to be at the exit of an attraction. So it's kind of where that started. All right, so let's actually move toward the center of Main Street now and start walking down the center. What I want to do as we walk down is I'm going to focus on the east side first, and then we'll come back to the west side, because the west side is pretty much just the Emporium. The first stop is the Confectionery, one of everybody's all-time favorite shops. You'll notice as you come up to the confectionery that it smells amazing. You'll also notice as you go inside the confectionery that it smells completely different. That's because this is not a real smell coming out of it. It is an artificially created smell that Disney pumps out. As you walk into the confectionery, I love the lighting in here. It's like a very, uh, it's very soft lighting. You can get cookies, you can get candy, you can get various mugs. I love the Lion King gummies they have here. They have a whole bunch of Lion King uh, 
products right as you walk in, at least they do right now. If you're listening to this in a year, it might not be there anymore. You also get a number of different Rice Krispie treats and caramel apples. You can come over and see the cast members as they uh, create all of the treats that they have here. There are glass, there's a big glass uh, walled off area in the center where they're creating a lot of the treats they sell at the uh, counter. Leaving the confectionery and continuing down the street, we got to come to the Main Street Cinema. Believe it or not, the Main Street Cinema was once considered an attraction. They actually played uh, some classic Mickey cartoons like Steamboat Willie and uh, Mickey's Big Break in there. When Walt Disney World opened, it was a B-ticket attraction, which was like the second tier. Uh, then they downgraded it to an A-ticket. So it's just interesting to think that this was once an actual ticketed attraction that you had to actually pay Main Street Cinema. They do still have a movie screen back here that does play classic uh, Mickey cartoons, which is pretty cool. But for the most part, this is an art and uh, collectible store. They have a lot of really great prints. They have a bunch of different statues that you can get in here as well. Looking at a really great fireman Mickey right now, a mini on top, a mini on the carousel. Some very pricey, but some of the, uh, they have a really cool Incredibles print in there right now that didn't look super expensive. Also a bunch of precious moments, which my mother would have loved. Uh, next, we have the, next we have the watch shop, which, um, among other things, sells watches. The watch shop is actually more of a jewelry shop. They have a lot of cool stuff in here. They actually have some of the Cherry Tree Lane dresses in here from Disney Springs. Uh, they got a Dumbo purse. They've got the, um, the little orange bird dress, the little orange bird purse, the tiki bird stuff. So that's pretty cool to see. Uh, they do sell watches in here, obviously, as well as other assorted bits of jewelry. Continuing down the street here, we come to an alleyway. Now, this alleyway uh, right here between between Uptown Jewelers and the Crystal Arts Shop is um, known as East Center Street. So as you walk down East Center Street, you see where there used to be a bunch of different uh, shops that you can go into. Those are all since closed down. They have a silhouette uh, portrait cart here as well. One of the things I love, though, is as you walk towards the Crystal Arts Shop, like down toward the back of East Center Street, they have a bunch of tables with umbrellas that you could sit at to have a drink or just kind of take a break. Not a lot of people know this is back here, so it's usually pretty, uh, um, what I'm looking for, usually pretty void of uh, humanity. There is a window up where there is, a, it has music and dance lessons um, right above the Crystal Arts Shop. And if you listen closely, you can actually hear uh, stu uh, music students doing scales or tap dancing. It's one of those cool little hidden uh, gems that they have down here. One of my favorite windows is actually here on East Center Street. Uh, it's right above uh, where the, the sign says China. And it's Elias Disney contractor established 1895. Elias Disney is Walt Disney's father uh, who started a contracting business. So that was a nice little nod to him. There's also a window back here called the MT Lot uh, Company. And it pays homage to a bunch of all the dummy corporations that Disney um, disguised itself as when they were purchasing the land for the Walt Disney World project. Crystal Arts Shop is really cool. It's, they've got glass blowers in there. Um, very, very much like the Crystal Shop at Disney Springs. A lot of different glass stuff, a lot of different crystal stuff, vases, uh, snow globes, tiaras. Moving ahead is the Main Street Bakery, which at one time was something really cool, but now it's a Starbucks. Uh, I'm not bitter at all about that. That was sarcasm. I'm incredibly bitter about that. As you walk down the middle of Main Street USA, one thing to keep note of uh, is the fact that there are uh, tracks for the um, 
vehicles to go down. So some of them are filled in during the day when the vehicles aren't functioning, but I've turned my ankle in them more than once, so it's always something to definitely keep track of, watch your kids with as well. At the end of the street here, we've got the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, which is sponsored by Edie's at the moment. Originally, when Walt Disney World first opened, it was called the Borden's Plaza Ice Cream Parlor. Um, then it became the Seal Test Ice Cream Parlor, and then in 1993, it just became the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor. As you move more towards it, connected to it is the Plaza Restaurant. I love the Plaza Restaurant. I've eaten there once. Got really good sandwiches, really good burgers, uh, and of course, really good ice cream, because it is very much one of those like old-timey Victorian like ice cream uh, dinner restaurants. <clears throat> Thing about the Plaza Ice Cream Shop is that it is small, and uh, there's always a line out the door. This is one of the places where you can get a kitchen sink sundae, which comes in a little commemorative bowl. That is, a, it looks like it looks like Mickey Mouse's pants, but it's like a sink. So it's the kitchen sink, meaning everything about the kitchen sink. Not to be confused with the kitchen sink that you can get over at Beaches and Cream, which is pretty much just every ice cream flavor and topping that they have with two cans of whipped cream on top of it, which I conquered with a bunch of friends recently. It was really fun. All right, so we're going to go back down to the end of the street, and we're going to come back up the west side. All right, so we're back at the mouth of Main Street, USA, uh, looking down toward the castle. And we're going to talk about the west side of... Um, Main Street, and that is pretty much taken up by one thing and one thing only, and that's the Emporium. Uh, the Emporium is the largest Walt uh, Disney gift shop here in the Magic Kingdom. It, it is. Uh, it looks like from the outside, the Emporium looks like, <coughs> excuse me, a bunch of different shops, but it is in actuality one really long shop going all the way down the road. As you walk on the outside of the Emporium, you'll notice right away that. Um, you got some really cool window displays. Right now, there's a Pocahontas one, there's an Aladdin one, there's a Beauty and the Beast one. They're really neat. At Christmas time, they swap them out for the uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. So you get a lot of Scrooge McDuck, and that's always very welcome for me. So at the Emporium, you can find pretty much everything from pins to snacks to mugs to plushes to um, you know the, the, the cooling fans, um, pet supplies, statues, shirts hats, anything you want, they've got there, pretty much. Uh, it is your one-stop shop for uh, Disney merchandise in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Continuing down the street, I also wanted to point out that these mailboxes that you see here in uh, Main Street, USA, those are legit mailboxes. Mail is collected actually daily from those boxes by Walt Disney World cast members and sent out. So you can actually send your family members a postcard from Main Street, USA. You can buy a postcard in the Emporium, uh, fill it out, pop it in the mailbox right outside the Emporium and send it to them directly from there. Um, I, always love, I always think that's a really cool little souvenir. I like when people do it. So remember when we were over by East Center Street, which is that little alleyway, I know a lot of people wonder why there's no West Center Street. Well, in actuality, there was. There was a West Center Street up until 2001, but the Emporium, which actually, the Emporium started as just that first corner and then grew to encompass all of Main Street, all of the west side of Main Street, USA. And part of what it encompassed was that area, that, that West Center Street. Oh, there's a marching band coming through. So we're actually gonna duck into the Emporium. Right now I'm inside the Emporium, right where West Center Street used to be. There's a beautiful mural right there on the back wall, marked 1901, which is storyline-wise, the year that the uh, expansion of the Emporium was supposed to have taken place. It actually took place in 2001. It says, uh, 
shopping in the grand style, personal luxuries and finest fashions. You notice the, main, um, the Emporium, as it goes, starts to get more and more modern. It stays Victorian, but it gets more modern as it goes on. And that's something that uh, it's actually throughout all of Main Street USA, which I love. As Main Street USA gets more towards Cinderella Castle, it starts to modernize itself. You start to see gas lamps give way to electric lamps. Uh, you start to see the street mature as you walk down it. And that's something that I've always found fascinating. So what was in this... Um, trying to get away from this marching band. I can't catch a break today. I mean, they're great and all. It is the Main Street marching band. Always love those guys. Them and the Dapper Dans and the citizens of Main Street. <laughs> so what was on West Center Street? Uh, West Center Street was the original home of the Harmony Barbershop. So up until 2001, that's where you got your haircut. It was over there on West Center Street. Um, there was also a Hallmark card shop there, a green which turned into the greenhouse, which also turned into the Main Street flower shop. Um, there was also a shop there called Disney Clothiers, and these were all kind of encompassed by um, the Emporium. Now, wrapping around from where West Center Street used to run, was the House of Magic, which closed in 1995. They have put the House of Magic uh, sign back out there. They just did that last year in 2017. A lot of people were really happy about that. But make no mistake, it's not the magic shop that it used to be. Uh, there was also, believe it or not, a tobacconist uh, right out here on Main Street USA. So you can go by hand-carved pipes, tobacco by the pouch. That was done away with in 1985, the year I was born. Uh, there have not been any tobacco products sold in Walt Disney World since the late 80s. So that's uh, definitely a sign of the times of when Walt Disney World first came about. So moving down to the end here, we've got one last thing on the west side that is, uh, well, you know, first we've got the Hall of Champions, which used to be uh, part of a uh, part of the Main Street Athletic Club, which was a uh, sports apparel section of Main Street. Coming up here is Casey's Corner, one of the best places for hot dogs in all of Walt Disney World. Hot dogs, soda, um, corn dog tots. It's also available with mobile ordering, which is great. Uh, mobile ordering is super convenient. They've got an outdoor seating area, which is where I'm at right now. Has great, breathtaking views of the castle and a piano, which is actually being plied right now. It's an upright piano, it's really cool. Always love listening to it. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Jim, the piano player over here. Yep. So now, uh, one thing to know about this piano is that the uh, hammers are actually treated with liquid plastic, which makes it easier for the hammers to bounce off of the strings and make that honky-tonk uh, noise, that the honky-tonk sound that Jim's making out there a lot easier to hear and uh, a lot more effective. Continuing down here, we've got the uh, one of the last things over on the west side of uh, Main Street USA, and that is the Crystal Palace. Obviously, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a triple threat. The Crystal Palace is interesting. It's modeled after the San Francisco Conservatory of Flowers. And it's really, uh, the inside is great with the lighting because it's made so that the sunlight could just kind of hit those skylights so perfectly. 
and really kind of create a nice internal ambiance. This is a buffet with character. Uh, has Winnie the Pooh and friends. So you got Pooh Bear, Piglet, Eeyore, Tigger, uh, you know, walking around while you have your buffet. It's a fantastic buffet, one of my all-time favorites. When you look at it from Main Street USA, <clears throat> you can see the beautiful front porch and, uh, you know, all of the Victorian splendor of it. But as you move on uh, towards Adventureland and you look back, you actually see uh, it looks almost like a uh, like the last vestige of civilization kind of thing. Uh, like you're looking back at it and it's, uh, it's like something like something that it is that you're leaving behind to ply into the jungle. So I'm saying ply a lot. I don't know why. I'm not used to being by myself. So that just leaves one area of Main Street USA for us to explore today, and that is the hub, the main hub of Main Street, and I love it. Hub was expanded back in 2015. Uh, it included the Hub Grass locations, which are just the best. There are seating areas where you can go and have a picnic lunch, or sit and watch fireworks. There, you also have snack stands located on both ends of the main hub. Some popcorn, ice cream, water, which I desperately need right now. And then, of course, as we walk into the center of the hub here, walking from over to the Avengerland side into the center, you've got the partner statue. So the hub is more than just the end of Main Street. The hub is the center of the Magic Kingdom itself. Magic Kingdom is built on what's called a wheel and spoke design. So this is the center of the wheel, which means that this is the central point, and then everything else, all six lands, um, you know, siphon off from this one centralized location. And right at the center of it all is the partner statue. Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse looking down Main Street, USA. Uh, Walt Disney Imagineer, Imagineering legend Blaine Gibson came out of retirement to create this statue. Uh, made one for here and for Disneyland. Uh, some notable things, Walt's wearing a clatter ring. That was a clip on his tie that says STR. That is Smoke Tree Ranch. It's a, Palm, it's a development in Palm Springs, California. Uh, where Walt had a vacation home. One thing that I wanted to point out, an extinct kind of a, a extinct attraction here on Main Street USA, is called the Plaza Swan Boats, and uh, they sailed from 1973 to 1983. It was a 17-minute uh, round trip throughout Main Street USA and uh, Adventureland through the canal system that runs here, on board a large boat that looks like a swan, and that is commemorated with a swan topiary here on Main Street USA. Before the expansions went in, there was a lot more green area, a lot more uh, a lot more watery areas here. But I can't complain because I really love I really love this hub expansion. You got a lot of brass statues, including Dumbo, Pinocchio, Pluto, uh, Chip and Dale, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck. Uh, they're all over the place around the hub grass. <clears throat> there are also beautiful fountains here. It all frames Cinderella Castle. One of the most beautiful, breathtaking sights you'll ever see in your life. And we will get into that. That's a wonderful segue to end this tour. We will get into that for the next installment of our tour, Fantasyland, which will come, well, the next time Pete and I can't get together to do a show. So I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, this walk through Main Street USA. My throat is super dry. I need to take a break and uh, go eat at Tony's Town Square restaurant. So hope you guys have a wonderful time. And I'm going to throw it back to future Kev sitting in his office right now uh and thank you guys so much for being here with me 
All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Past Kev, my special co-host for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a lot of research. It was a lot of editing. Um, I'm not used to doing shows by myself. I've never done a show by myself before, so it was a little weird for me. And before anybody asks, um, I'm okay. I know I'm breathing kind of hard in that video, but I'm out of shape. So I have to get into shape. Uh, this was kind of a wake-up call. So it was. Uh, this episode had two positives. It was a tour of Main Street, and it showed Kev that maybe he needs to lay off the carbs. Uh, okay, so thank you guys for bearing with me on this. Pete and I are scheduled to record very soon to do our first uh, tour around the wor- uh, world, Two Men in the Mouse World Tour, uh, which is supposed to be all of World Showcase, one pavilion at a time. We're starting with the Mexico Pavilion and working our way all the way around to our grand Canadian finale. So without any further ado, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you want to check out Pete, even though he's not here this week, please check him out over at Rogue Comics over there in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Or go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. Also, folks, if you are planning a trip to Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise, Adventures by Disney, any Disney resort throughout the known world, even Aulani out in Hawaii, or Universal Orlando Resort right here in the heart of Central Florida, please talk to our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. And when you're on that Walt Disney World vacation planned by Dave Weikert, be sure to check out our good friends over at KingdomStrollers.com, who will rent you the crib or stroller of your dreams so that your little ones can stroll in style. Please check them out over at KingdomStrollers.com to make your booking today. Uh, and folks, our good friend Dimitri Ivanos has a new podcast about college football. If you're a college football fan and a Disney fan, check it out because he's making Disney references all the time. It's on every single weekday. It's called Chewing Clock. Uh, and you could find that over on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, over at Armchair All-Americans. So, yeah, please check that out. It's a great show. Dimitri's a great friend of the show. We're going to have him on the show very soon. And that's about it. This is usually where I ask Pete if he has any closing words, but he never does anyway. So, folks, please keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us.